Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. again everyone and welcome back to the front line with joe and joe joe Pasillo, as always joined by joe resinello and once more dear brothers and sisters let us go into the breach on the veritas catholic radio network 13 the on your 103.9 on fm spreading the the catholic faith to the new york city metropolitan area joe and i you to please download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content and please share the app information with your friends. Um, and Joe and I, you can on YouTube primarily at the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. We're up, Joe, I think we're up to about 68,000 subscribers. That's uh, that's not, not too shabby. You know, uh, we're not in Joe Rogan's category, but uh, but we're we're uh, moving. We're up better. There, we got. He's only one Joe. We're two. That's right. Right. You know, you got to have two Joes. Can't have one. Um, so we'd ask you to do that for us and help uh, Joe and I uh, with our uh, social media presence. And we always appreciate your support and your prayers today. We're welcoming back to the program a dear friend of the show, Kristen Van Uden. And we are going to be talking about meditations on the Holy Rosary by Father Delindo Rutolo. When Joe and I say on our show here um, in our interviews, on our social media, whether we're talking about politics, whether we're talking about the culture war, the rosary is the weapon. We're going to get into that with Kristen um, and uh, and talk about the book because we cannot neglect the rosary, the power of prayer. All right. There's a lot of things we could do in this world to make the world a better place, to evangelize, to save souls. If we don't have our weapon, we are deficient. We need the weapon, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, everybody out there knows who Kristen is. Having said that, just in case you're a newcomer, Kristen Van Uden serves as an author, spokesperson, uh, AM, the Federalist, and the Catholic Faith Network. Kristen Van Uden, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. I will begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin, a virgin's our mother. To you we come, but for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother, the word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us. Amen. Name of the Saint Father, Pat Son. I was going to say St. Pio. Pray for us. Pray for us. Kristen. We love this topic, the rosary. It's big. Um, I'm a big rosary fan. And frankly, I think it is the answer to a lot of America's trouble. I always say America needs Fatima. There's nothing more truer than that statement. Uh, Padre Pio um, called this author a saint. I think that's quite uh, a statement from someone like Padre Pio, Father Delindo Rotolo. Could you tell us a little bit about him? Sure. So as you said, quite an endorsement from Padre Pio, one of the one of the great contemporaries of Father Gelindo Rotolo and a fellow Italian. Um, Father Gelindo was born in 1882. Also pointed out by Padre Pio is that his name, Melinda, comes from the Italian word for pain. So you'll hear like, dollars of sorrows. And so 
he was actually what is considered a victim soul. So he went through a great deal of physical suffering in his life, which he offered up for the conversion of sinners and the souls in purgatory. And the last 10 years of his life, he was paralyzed. So all of that suffering being offered up efficaciously. He died in 1970. So he lived some of the most tumultuous events of the 20th century. He was a mystic. He was the writer of the Surrender Prayer, the Surrender Novena, where you pray on each bead of the rosary, Jesus, you take care of it and really practice handing over your will to the will of God. And um, his, let's see, what else? He We've talked about another one of his books already on the show, The Afterlife, where he talks about purgatory and heaven. And he had a great devotion to the rosary. So he is known for calling himself our lady's little old man or something like that, or little grandfather. So he definitely stayed close to our and close to the rosary his entire life and incorporated it as part of his daily prayers. And also his book is based on many of the writings that he wrote throughout his life either about each of the mysteries of the rosary. So someone who definitely was intimately close with the rosary and we can learn from. Absolutely. Kristen Van Uden joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Kristen, little quick question. Um, for those of us who don't know, and I'm not quite sure how to define it, how would you define mysticism or mm -hmm. what a mystic is and, and does? Because uh, we have a lot of mystics in the history of the church. What, who are they? What do they do? So the basic definition of mysticism, and this is really important because this actually harkens back to another recent reprint of Sophia's called Visions and Revelations by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. He makes the distinction between mystics and visionaries and that these are not the same thing. So all visionaries are mystics, but not all mystics are visionaries. So in order to be a mystic and to have a mystical life with Christ, one does not have to have visions and revelations and locutions and apparitions, etc. So mysticism is basically the union of the soul with God and reaching that state within mental prayer, meditation, and the virtues so that you are approaching that union of the soul with God. And so mysticism as such should be a component of everyone's prayer life and everyone should be incorporating meditation on the mysteries of the rosary for one and then also the mental prayer as lined out by either saint francis de sales or saint ignatius of loyola as part of their prayer regimen and so what we mean by mystic in the sense of father delindo it's a little unclear exactly how many visions he had we know that he there are some reports that he had the stigmata, although it would have been invisible in his case, just like with St. Gemma Golgani was a famous saint who had a stigmata that did not sometimes appear, that would sometimes just be invisible, but the pains would be there, then sometimes it did physically manifest. So we have reports of that. His cause has been opened for sainthood within the church, so he is considered right now servant of God. So all of the investigation into these experiences of his is underway right now and there are several websites that, that chronicle these but yeah it's it's an interesting thing to ponder when reading this book how much of these conversations because he organizes the book as if they were conversations between Jesus and the soul comes from his own experience with his mystic prayer and potential revelations and how much is just him teaching and using literary devices in order to get across the truths of the faith to us. So he is, he's considered someone who obviously is a mystic, but also 
did have visions. And so he's right on that cusp of obviously a very intense prayer life and more graces than the typical person when we engage in meditation would have. Awesome. Thank you for that, Kristen. Joe Rosanello. Kristen, obviously we're talking about the rosary and how can this book uh, deepen uh, our listeners' uh, powers with regard to their reflections um, when they pray the rosary? Because, I mean, ultimately, uh, that's what it's all about. You're basically meditating on the various, you know, events in Christ's life. And obviously we want to deepen those thoughts. How, how does the book help them? So the first thing that I think the book really puts in perspective is <clears throat> what the rosary is. And he beginning puts to rest a lot of myths or misconceptions about the rosary especially the one that it is quote boring or repetitive to pray the prayers of the rosary over and over again so he right away gives us some imagery of ways to conceive of repetition so first is he asks to think of it like physical variation those in orchestra alone will be smaller and together paint this entire picture and of course if you're saying the full 15 decades of the rosary you go through the arc of salvation history from the annunciation all the way until mary being queened as queen of uh, crowned as queen of heaven and so each hail mary along that spectrum provides the next step in the puzzle and the next uh, giving glory to god at each point of our salvation so he, he gives us this imagery of musical variations. He also points out, as you did earlier, the imagery of spiritual warfare, that the rosary is our most powerful weapon that Our Lady herself gave to us as a weapon against the devil, and that it is, it is something that is the greatest weapon we have in our arsenal, and it is something that demons flee from. And so if you think of it that way, which is true, this is this is the purpose that it serves in our spiritual life, then it, it's impossible to conceive of a weapon against Satan as being boring. So he mm -hmm. makes sure that you understand just how powerful the rosary is. And then throughout the book, the way that it's broken down that I found to be new in, in devotionals to the rosary, because there are a lot out there, is he organizes it as if it were conversations between Jesus and the soul, the person praying, and also between Mary and the soul. So this really serves to personalize your prayer and anchor you in the interactive element of praying, giving glory to God, but then also being receptive to the graces that will flow from saying the rosary and just making that all the more obvious that this is a conversation between you and God, whereby you should be listening for god's imperatives in your life excellent thank you for that christopher van Uden joining us here at the front line with joe and joe joe basillo and joe rasinello and we are discussing meditations on the holy rosary that is by father delindo rutolo um so this book is is for a lot of people right christian so in other words it's not just those starting the rosary it's for those who pray the rosary every day um there's something to be offered to, to everyone here. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, I think this is this is not a book that you'll read cover to cover, probably. It's something you'll keep on the bedside table, read while you're saying the rosary, bring to adoration, and use as a reference. And uh, one thing that also makes it unique is that it is fully illustrated, so each page will have a full page piece of sacred art on each of the mysteries. And so I find that incredibly helpful. I find that when I'm saying the rosary, I even pull up YouTube videos with sacred art because I just really like to have the visual to 
to ground my prayer and to understand truly what's going on. And if you just stare at these paintings, like we just released a book called Pilgrimage to the Museum about the Met in New York City. So you've probably talked to that author, but if you just go and stare at the paintings and even within the book, something new will emerge each and every time. And I've found that meditating becomes a lot easier when you are looking at this with which communicates truth, but in a new way and with details that you might not have noticed before. So this is something that for a beginner would be very helpful because it it makes clear what the rosary is and the the order of the mysteries, the order of the rosary, but also for seasoned uh, prayers of the rosary, it will definitely help as well because as as we know, we can fall into these periods of either laziness or taking the rosary for granted almost where we can just kind of rotely say the prayers without without really focusing on the meditations. So for me, even though, of course, I was raised saying the rosary, having something new to contemplate the mysteries in a different way is always a welcome, a welcome prospect. Absolutely. I, I give you uh, just my own personal experience, all right, because we all have moments of, of spiritual laziness, physical laziness, you know, like you just don't feel like doing anything. Um, I heard recently, I forgot who it was. Um, I forgot which which show it was on. But a gentleman made a good point. Um, young guy, too. He said, if you're deep in sin, or you're fighting against sin, right? Now, he was talking about particularly the sins in our culture, mostly dealing with pornography and things like that. But he was making a larger point about our struggle with sin. And you're praying the rosary. He said, one of two things is going to happen. He goes, either you're going to continue to pray the rosary, and the sin is the temptation to sin is going to diminish, or you're going to stop praying the rosary, and you're going to fall deeper into sin. Mm -hmm. Now, I never quite heard it put like that. I know in my life... OK, I know in my own personal experience, when I'm lax spiritually and like I said, moments of physical laziness, just don't feel like doing anything. And I neglect the rosary. It's a bad time for me mm -hmm. as an individual who's struggling like we're all struggling. But my struggle becomes Im immense. In other words, because I'm not praying the rosary. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about the need to con even when you don't feel like it, even if here's my view, Kristen, and then tell me what you think. I don't worry about distraction so much. I don't like that I'm distracted when I pray the rosary, but I don't worry about it too much. Mm -hmm. I know that if I pray the rosary, at the very least, God's going to listen to me. In other words, well, uh, whether or not I'm fully deep into it, I know there's protection, there's grace, there's all sorts of things happening that I'm unaware of, even if I feel distracted. In other words, am I right in that? I, the, the importance of even if you're feeling that laziness, even if you're feeling distracted by other thoughts, continue to pray the rosary. It's only going to benefit you. And if you stop, it's going to hurt you. Am I off in that in the uh, in those comments? No, you're absolutely right. The the worst thing we can do is to be a perfectionist about the rosary and then just not pray it because we feel that we're not doing it perfectly. So obviously there needs to be some sort of there needs to be the right intention behind your prayer and it needs to be said respectfully. But if you're not some people worry that they're not making breakthroughs of meditation on the mysteries or there, there's no that they they don't get religious feelings or whatever while they're praying, but that's not the point because the power of prayer is within God, not within us. So the point is that we meld our will to His, and so yes, even if all you can do that day is to just mouth the prayers, whisper them, say them mentally, and not have any sort of divine inspiration that you feel, that is enough, and God takes it from there. And it's mm -hmm. so important to keep it up daily because not every day is going to feel wonderful and that is that's not what it's about so uh, that's mm -hmm. exactly right and 
I've definitely heard that quote before that if someone is attached to sin, they will either give up the rosary or give up the sin because the two are mutually exclusive. When the powers of those graces are working within your soul, you become uncomfortable with sin. And so it prompts you to act in your life in a way that you wouldn't usually otherwise. It, it's it's why keeping it up as the habit is so important because as you said, like you can reach a point where you you feel that you've made spiritual progress, but then that can all be lost in a second with, with a sin or with just habits of laziness. So uh, I think Pope Pius IX was the one who said, give me uh, an army praying the rosary and I will conquer the world or something like that. And so the the power that it has to in this temporal world, even as we know, Our Lady of Victory was um, responsible for the winning of the Battle of Lepanto, which was I was, I was just thinking that, yeah, right, which was yeah. as a result of them praying the Holy Rosary. So, um, it's it's one of those prayers where the effects can be seen, but as you say, even if they're not immediately seen, you know that they're working in the soul and they're keeping you at least at that baseline of falling into mortal sin. There, it's the greatest, uh, it's the greatest antidote to perpetual or not perpetual but habitual sin quick comment and i'm going to hand it over to joe you get a kick out of this i was praying uh the other day i was praying on friday and when we when you pray the sorrowful mysteries in my experience i've seen a lot of people that they kneel um at with the um with, uh, while meditating on the crucifixion, okay, so with the fifth mystery of the of the sorrowful mysteries, they, they kneel. And I remember I was talking about being lazy. I was, I was sitting on my couch. I was praying a rosary. I have Jesus enthroned right across from my couch. So I'm looking at the Sacred Heart. I'm looking at the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And I my sciatic was killing me. My my knee hurts. Right, my back hurts. And I'm like, all right, I, I'm I'm not going to kneel when I got to that mystery. And all of a sudden, I really. I'm not saying I heard Jesus, but the thought that popped into my head immediately when I began that that, that mystery was, I died on the cross for you. You can kneel for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I got down and I knelt and I, I prayed. I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't know for what reason, but I, I was kind of, it's kind of like Jesus said, uh, on your knees, boy, let's go. Yes. <laughs> you, um, you, 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 you could handle it. And uh, I guess I was just thinking that because yes, we can handle it. When these dry periods and things like that, we, we could get through it. And the rosary strengthens us to persevere in prayer. Once you start praying it, it's very difficult to put it down. But that's my little comment. Joe Rissanello, I'm going to hand it over to you at the front line with Joe and Joe, Kristen Van Uden, and we're discussing Father Delindo Rutolo's book, Meditations on the Holy Rosary. Joe. I was listening to both of you, and, and I just wanted to make a comment um, about basically you can't not be human. I mean, like sometimes like, you know, being Catholic, obviously, to be a practicing Catholic, <clears throat> you're living, you know, sort of like by grace. So, you know, grace kind of elevates um, our our. I guess, like humanity, if you want to put it that way. Um, But at the same time, we're human. And, you know, sometimes you're tired. Um, Sometimes you have dry periods. That's okay. But but this is all I who cares? Do it anyway. That like like this is you have to develop like routine. This is why they say Lent 40 days. They say if you could do something, there's the church has a reason for everything. Um, one of the many, obviously, Jesus went into the desert for 40 days, but 40 days establishes a routine. And once you do it, you just do the routine. That's why religious like communities have their schedule. If you look it up online, eight o'clock, we do this, we do this, we do this. Lay people can do that. I do that. To be honest with you, I have a routine. And and then it's not a thought. So what? I'm tired. So what? You pray anyway. Kids are going crazy at the dinner table. We read the gospel. So what? Doesn't matter. 
Is it read perfectly? So what? You do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's important. Life is imperfect and neither are you. And I mean, and, and that's, I think, a, a freeing thought. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I think sometimes like people put too much pressure on themselves. Like, like that doesn't mean you don't try to do things well, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. That's okay. What are your thoughts? I mean, on that. Yeah, I think this is the perfect example of where the immortal words, just do it, really. There we go. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Another thing that is really helpful just toward toward procrastination of any kind, but particularly when it comes to something as important as prayer, is that perfection is the enemy of done, something like that, where you, again, the power of prayer is in God and not in you. So we should be seeking to elevate our prayer. We should be trying to focus and give as much of our attention and will to him as possible. But also that if that is stopping you from praying, then it's just working backwards and it's not helping your soul. So you need to be giving God what you have in the moment. And this is when we think about the saints talking about your entire life as a prayer. This is something that really comes into play is that every moment you can't be having lofty thoughts about God. Like we live in the world, we have to be practical sometimes. And that's why things like work can be done for the glory of God. If you make the intention to offer it to God and to live out your state of life and your duties like St. Therese talks about in that particular day and these very small things. So that type of prayer, that type of action can even be a prayer. And so this attitude of prayer and the disposition towards prayer and towards glorifying God in each of your actions, I think is a good mindset that will help you to then do your actual prayers with without holding yourself back due to perfectionism or scrupulosity. Because once you understand that it's not about the divine feelings or revelations that it's about the duties that we have to do these things, even when they're imperfect. And even when we don't feel like it, that will actually bring the graces into your life rather than it's better to have consistent daily prayer than one amazing meditation for an hour and then nothing for a month. And then another wonderful experience of prayer because that's that's not how virtue grows in the soul. It's a daily process and recommitment. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. Kristen Van Newton joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Very dear friend of the show. We're discussing meditations on the Holy Rosary by Father Delindo Rutolo. So Father Rutolo, um, he documented some, what would you call them? Compelling reflections. Okay. Um, so he wrote, as you uh, alluded to earlier, conversations between Jesus and and, and the soul. What any any off the top of your head more compelling reflections that you could, uh, that he had that you could relate to our audience here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network? Yeah. So I had a few that stuck out to me. And since today is Monday, right? We'll go when we're recording at least. Uh, we'll go with one of the joyful mysteries. So the second joyful mystery, the Visitation. He writes in the words of Jesus first. You make many sacrifices for others, but you do not always make them for God. Never work for human convenience, but only for the virtue of charity. Call on Most High Mary that she may come to sanctify your soul for the glory of God. My soul magnifies the Lord. And then in response, he gives a line for the soul, the person praying. Deign, O Jesus, to turn your gaze toward my insignificant littleness. You give yourself to me, real and alive in the Holy Eucharist with your infinite love. May I never be ungrateful for this gift, I beg you, and may I glorify you with all my love. My soul magnifies the Lord, repeated again. So 
for me, this was interesting because we think of the visitation, we think of the events that happened, right? And we we become good at meditating on mysteries themselves. But I would have never thought to connect it to you make sacrifices for others, but you do not always make them for God. So he's he's speaking directly to you almost as a challenge in each of these meditations where you can compare yourself, not in a bad way, but in a way that motivates and convicts you to people depicted in the mysteries. So when you see the great trust that St. Elizabeth had, for example, the visitation and the sacrifice that Mary made through her Father Delindo has Jesus almost not accusing the soul, but asking the soul to leap to a higher level of devotion and commitment, making sacrifices for God. Compared to the saints, it's a great motivator to rise to their level. So you see many people today will try to say, oh, I wish the saints were more relatable. They're so distant. They're not. No, that's not what you to have. We should be saying, I should be more like them. <laughs> and we should be constantly striving towards that because it is possible. And these meditations remind us that this is not all of the saints who lived during Jesus's time or those who have been canonized already, but this is what he has asked soul to do as well in your particular way. Absolutely. Kristen, uh, where could folks buy the book again? It's available at our website, sophiainstitute.com. It should be on the front page still as one of our newer titles. That's a nice blue cover. Absolutely. So make sure we have to support our publishers. That's why Joe and I, we, we support Sophia and others out there. Do, you don't buy things you know, that you don't have to buy. If you don't have to buy it from the big box companies, if you don't have to buy it by that company that begins with, a, with an A, don't do it. Buy it from the publisher, in this case, Father Delindo's, uh, Rotolo's book. Um, you could buy it at Sophia. Joe, we got time to start a question before the break. Why are you guys re-releasing it now? I mean, I'm interested. You, you know, you talk about it's on the cover of, uh, you know, the site. Why? So we like to have a good combination of classic devotionals, books about the saints, new writers, and also books about, let's say, either history or politics, such as Father Michelli's The, the Antichrist or The Gods of Atheism that cover how to live in the world as a Catholic. So this fits into the devotionals category. So we're always looking to reprint classic materials from the church that help to form the basis of a solid prayer life because it's easy to get caught up, especially working for a publisher with the news cycle and the crisis in the church and reading about either church politics or the end times has been something I've been on a kick lately because of just the books that we've been releasing. So it's important to investigate that to a certain degree, of course, but we also have to make sure that we are grounding that in a solid daily regimen of prayer. And so that is, I think, why we chose to publish this recently, because um, it, it is a nice balance to a lot of the, uh, not controversial, but more more intense um books that we have released such as the antichrist that are focused on the these questions about the future and the the issues in the church and so right now is i mean any time is a perfect time to pray the rosary but especially as we in today's world are running into so many of these problems and crises it's important to take a step back and to make sure that we are ourselves ready to face these by having this solid prayer life and keeping our own souls in order before we then go out into the world. 
remember something out there. Listen, all you listening to us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Kristen mentioned earlier about the Battle of Lepanto. Everybody's always worried about end times and what's going to happen. And uh, is it is, is it all over? Europe almost came to extinction as a civilization. Christendom almost came to extinction. OK, when when the Muslims were invading at Lepanto. OK, uh, a, a force three times the size of the Catholic force. OK, the rosary is what they prayed. And they won the battle. Again, you said it earlier, Kristen, Our Lady of Victory, okay? You want to fight this culture war? You want to fight this spiritual battle? On your knees, start praying. That's what you got to do, okay? That's not me preaching. That's just a matter. That's just, that's the way we're going to defeat all of our enemies. Kristen, we're going to take a quick break. Um, so Kristen Van Uden's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We're talking about meditations on the Holy Rosary. New release from Sophia by Father Delindo Rutolo. Stick around. We have another great segment with Kristen Van Uden. Catholic Radio Works. And now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in. And let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Rezzanello, and we are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350, on your AM dial, 103.9, on your FM dial, having a great conversation, as always, with Kristen Van Newton from Sophia Institute Press, the book, a re-release, Meditations on the Holy Rosary by Father Delindo Rutolo. We recommend going out and purchasing the book. Joe Rezzanello, where do you want to go? Well, I'm a huge rosary guy, and I, I want to just tell people the importance of it. I have my rosary in my hand. I keep it in my pocket. When I walk through New York City, I keep it in my hand. Um, I think it's very important. So people might say, what is this guy talking about? Well, I'm going to give you some examples of what the rosary has done, and then I, I'm sure Kristen probably knows even more, but I'll just give you two. Um, in Wisconsin, it's the only uh, – I, it's an approved apparition of Our Lady. I believe it's by Green Bay. And there's a shrine there. And there was a great fire. And the people, they didn't want the shrine to burn down, circled the shrine praying the rosary. This was one of the biggest fires in the history of America. The shrine did not burn down. That's a fact. Number two, in Brazil, this happened uh, in the 20th century, uh, a radical leftist president, was elected and people were afraid brazil i believe to this day is the um in terms of population the highest population of catholics obviously it's a big country but there's a lot of catholics in brazil and people were afraid a half a million women went into the streets it's either in sao paulo or in rio and the president fled the country based upon that event <laughs> This is the power of the rosary, and this is why I, I always stress it to people. It's so important. Kristen, your thoughts. I mean, I think if you ask me, if we can get Catholics, all Catholics, to invest 15 minutes a day, the world changes tomorrow, in my view. I'm utterly convinced of that. I mean, not like tomorrow the world changes. What are your thoughts, both of you? 
Yeah, that's a great point. And like we said before, the, the main point of prayer is always the salvation of souls, the conversion of sinner and very internal to the soul and salvation. But also the rosary has been known to achieve these great temporal victories as well. And I'd say that a recent example that is probably, I would say, most definitely tied is the amazing and somewhat miraculous overturning of Roe v. Wade, which we never thought we'd see during our lifetimes. And I just remember going to the March for Life for years and years. Everyone, huge groups of people praying the rosary together for that purpose and the rosary crusades that many parishes and priests and even bishops have, have enacted for that purpose. And then we saw that it happened and we can ask for these miracles and the rosary teaches us to ask for the miracle and to uh of course for the greater the greater purpose of that is the salvation of souls but also that it is possible to win victories in this life and to bring people to god in this life in this major way on such a large scale and platform through the power of this prayer absolutely i'll say from my own personal experience um, having prayed in front of Planned Parenthood down in New York City. Uh, and as a message for our audience, if you want something to pray for, pray for Father Fidelis Mashinsky, um, who who organizes and, and or in the past organized that rally from old St. Patrick's Cathedral down to Planned Parenthood. OK, he's recently been sentenced. So he finally got sentenced for his Red Rose rescue. He knew it was coming. Um Treated very unfairly, 90 days in prison, no visitors. That's another conversation. I've seen firsthand him, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, the Sisters of Life, the CFRs, okay, and in the face of the enemy. I'm talking about the angry faces of the radical left coming right up in our faces, okay? And my instinct as a goomba from New Jersey is not what a Catholic man should, should be thinking, okay? But I will tell you this, with that rosary in my hand, there is no way I would ever give those people what they want, which is what they want is a pushback or violent reaction. I've seen that firsthand, how the rosary not only helps in the battle, but tempers us, reminds us in the face right there, right in front of your face. There's the enemy. Again, not I don't want to say that and condemn people, but you understand my point. People coming right up in your face, radical pro-abortion and the composure and the grace, okay, that the, that the rosary gives you in the face of chaos, you know, um, I've seen it firsthand. I, I, I know what the rosary could do. You mentioned Lepanto earlier, how many rosaries were prayed at the March for Life, okay? And all of a sudden, it really in no time, after 50 years of having to deal with Roe versus Wade, like that Roe versus Wade is overturned, okay? It's because of the rosary, not because of politics, not because of anything else, okay? That's the way we see it or perceive it. It's because of all the faithful praying the rosary for 50 years, okay? And that's only the first step. Now we're going to see abortion, uh, pro-life victories all over the country, okay? Because uh, that's what we pray for. So that's my little tidbit. Krista Van Uden joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Your comments on that? Well, I'm glad you bring up praying the rosary publicly because that's something that I wanted to talk about on the show because it can be very intimidating sometimes, especially I would imagine in New York City. And I'd love to hear more stories. Well, of real quick, just so you know, and you again, another another uh, intention for those out there who are uh, praying um, old St. Patrick's. I was down there when they kept their distance. OK, where the police were there and they kept their distance. They were on the sidewalk last weekend. They actually attacked the church. They were trying to get into the church. The cops were there keeping, trying to separate them. They were trying to get into the church. We said this was going to happen, okay? 
and it did. So it's got the violence has gone to now a a whole new level because now they're now they're not they don't have any boundaries anymore. Now they're actually trying to hurt people. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, that that's insane. But right, you can we like you said, the rosary changes the world and also changes us, our interior disposition. So it's almost it it's absolutely needed to re regain and maintain your composure in the face of the really truly like people who are doing the devil's will and you can see sometimes in, in their eyes just the anger and, and hatred that they have for the truth is is really quite scary and it makes clear the nature of this warfare that it is primarily spiritual warfare and we need our spiritual weapons there and i've i've definitely i've prayed the rosary in public but it's it's more it's it's sad to see how quickly you can become intimidated by uh haters or <laughs> uh, maybe people who don't understand but this i was just recently at the charlotte eucharistic congress down in north carolina and it was amazing to see the eucharistic procession throughout the streets of the city because so many people were just confused like what is that what's going on and this is important catholics need to be taking up place in the public sphere we need to be making noise in that way or just just asserting the social kingship of christ because he is lord over the entire earth and he all authority comes through him and so the public sphere is where we belong we can't ghettoize ourselves into our small communities we can of course protect ourselves and and live in community with with people um from our churches but also the that's the, the call of evangelization too is to just state the truth and as St. Bernadette says, my job is to inform, not convince. So praying the rosary in public is a great witness to be able to evangelize people or at least getting get them to start asking questions about Catholicism and just to be bold and not hide and not apologetic about it, but to just say, yes, this is me. I am a Catholic. This is the the worship that is due to God. And this is our, the, these are the effects that has had in my life and in the life of the church. And it's a great public witness and physical witness to bring people in. Two quick points. I'm going to hand it over to Joe Rosinola. Very quick points. One is you pray in the rosary, and I've seen the evil in people's eyes. It's scary. It's scary. It goes beyond anger. It really does. It, 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 you, you see something in their eyes that you say there's something wrong there. I know praying the rosary that for all those people that were ever there, that were um, confronting the, the prayer warriors, I know in my heart, one or more of those people at some point in their life is going to be converted. I am absolutely convinced of that, okay? And we won't know it until we're in heaven. And the other is, on a temporal level, like you said, Kristen, the statistic I brought up on the show before, uh, in front of Planned Parenthood particularly, or abortion clinics in, uh, in general, if you're praying the rosary, if there's a public witness, the, the, the business has a 75% no-show rate. They could deny that all they want, but people that I've spoken to who have been down there for years have said they've heard that from their mouths. They have a 75% no-show rate when they see people praying in front of that clinic. That means if you've prayed, odds are, the probability is, you saved the life. Keep wow. that in mind when you think about public witness and praying in front of an abortion clinic. You saved a life. Joe Resinello. Let's talk about the promises of the rosary. I, I I forget where they come from, but I believe Our Lady gave 15 promises. I don't know them all by heart, but I know a couple. Um, if you pray the rosary, you will never be lost. A soul will never be lost. Um, you'll die in the grace of the sacraments. That's such a gift 
to be honest with you. I've seen that lived out with my aunt, who was a, a devotee of the rosary. Um, and also, you'll be delivered from purgatory from Our Lady. These are promises if you pray and you also uh, encourage others to pray the rosary. This is real. You see, I, you know, sometimes I, I think people, do we believe what the church says? You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is a our lady says these things, particularly she asks us to pray the rosary every day. Do we believe what the church says? If if we do, to be honest with you, I think we think too much. Just do it. Just do it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I think the uh, the end result will shock you. I mean, just in terms of those three promises, um, what a grace to die in the sacraments. You know what I'm saying? Like that is huge to have a priest come come to your bedside to have confession before you die. We're all going to die. I mean, uh, we're all probably going to go to to purgatory. I'll be there. So I need someone to get me out. That's my wife's job. You know, she'll pray for me, I'm sure. After if I'm I around, Joe, I'll pray for Thank you too, I you. promise. If I, if you <laughs> but go but also, me, I mean, like my prayers, brother, you know, and my kids. But at the same time, the Blessed Mother, she'll deliver you from purgatory. That's huge. Um, and also, it's so easy to get lost in this world. It is, no matter who you are. I say this to my wife all the time. We're on the road. We just have to stay on it. Yeah. And the rosary helps you to do that. Yeah. It simply does. This is an important thing. It's a 15-minute investment in you. I mean, like, we make so many investments in ourselves. I mean, we go to college and we we study, we go to the gym, we, we do We go this. into debt. I mean, well, I mean, we can go on and on. But this is an investment in you. Um, talk about those promises, because I think they're very important and people should look them up. Yeah, I love the way you frame that 15 minute investment in eternity, really 15 minutes a day could save your soul, like all these <laughs> can turn it into catchphrases, but it's true, like it, it's staggering how easy it is. And I'm always struck by this every time I go to confession too, it's just like, wow, that was easy. And that's, you know, just the, the saints talk about how those in hell will constantly beat themselves up for eternity that they could have been saved it was so easy to be saved all they had to do was to go to confession and stop sinning and they'll look back and see how easy it was so yes whenever this is how you can tell too that the rosary is so powerful is that the devil will constantly try to stop you from saying it and in father ripperger's prayer book he even identifies if i'm remembering correctly a a demon whose job it is to delay prayer and i find that yeah like in certain days, if you don't pray the rosary at the beginning of the day, then you'll get distracted and things will happen. And so the devil will use those to try to get you to unprioritize the rosary and to put it off until the last possible minute and then fall asleep saying it. And so it's very clear then that there are there are demonic forces working to get you to stop doing this. And uh, back to the promises, like you said, many of these are very consistent with the promises that we see from Our Lady about the scapular as well, and also the promises of the Sacred Heart, those who have devotion to the Sacred Heart, especially that grace of uh, provided death, as it's called, having a priest there available to receive the last rites and to make your confession at the end of your life, which is the most important thing that could ever happen in your life. Uh, a couple of the other promises, there's 15 of them total, and let's see. The first one, those who faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. And signal graces are 
those graces that are basically simple signs in daily life that provide answers to prayers. So if something happens or just seems to fall into place after you've been praying for a specific intention, the most obvious of these is signs that are quite external, like the um, reception of a rose at the end of the St. Therese Novena, things like that. But the rosary also comes with, with these signal graces. And I would highly recommend saying 54-day rosary novenas. These have been incredibly efficacious in my own life. It seems like a huge commitment, but if you're praying the rosary every day anyway, you might as well add to it and make it into this 54-day devotion. It is broken up into two halves. So the first half is the first 27 days, and those are days of petition. So this is when you are asking God for your specific intention. On the 27th day, you get an answer of some sort. And then the final 27 days are days of thanksgiving, where you pray in thanksgiving for the answer to your prayer, regardless of whether it was obvious or not, regardless of whether it was the answer you wanted or not. So right from the beginning, you're making that commitment to surrender to God's will through thanking him for these graces, even if, even before you've received them, you trust that you will receive them. And then you also trust that he is right. <laughs> so whatever happens, you trust that it was meant to be that way. So the the first 54 day rosary novena I said was a couple of years ago, just I started a random day during the summer, didn't have a particular feast day in mind for the end date. And it just happens to end on the feast of Our Lady of Victory. So we mentioned before the feast of that feast is so important because that's the day that the Holy Rosary won the Battle of Lepanto for, for the for the church. So it was like the most perfect timing possible. <laughs> the the day of Our Lady's victory through the Rosary was when my Rosary novena ended, and from that point forward, I can see the changes in my own life. That's when I discovered the traditional Latin Mass and went down the rabbit hole with what's happened in the church and brought me to where I am today. Really, so these. I, that has been personally the most important novena in my life, and it is one that really speaks to Father Delindo's other work, the surrender prayer, too, because like I mentioned from the beginning, you are already surrendering to God's will by committing to that thanksgiving. Um, I'm glad you brought up, Christian Van Uden, joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. I'm glad you brought up um, prayers being answered. Um, I want to make a quick comment on that. I've been praying the rosary fairly faithfully now, um, obviously leaving aside my lazy moments that I alluded to earlier, but fairly consistently since I met my wife, or at least since we got married. So say about nine years ago, okay? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you the day a, pr a, a prayer was answered. I, I have learned, um, and I say this to our audience out there, some people have a misconception about answered prayers, Okay. Don't who said it, Christian? You probably could tell me who said pray and don't worry. Do you remember who said that? Padre Pio. Oh, Padre Pio. Right? Padre Pio. Pray, pray and don't worry. Don't worry. I, I think subconsciously I took that to heart. I know that I'm praying for a specific intention. I do. I know I, I am because I do pray for specific intentions. I don't wait for the prayers to be answered. But when I look back on my life, I know every prayer has been answered in one way or another. Might not have taken the form I thought it was going to take. Okay. Um, because God is obviously, you know, unless he just says, yeah, absolutely, you could have that particular thing. Usually it's not going to take on the form we think. I know every rosary, every intention at one point or another was answered or is in the process of being answered because you could, I could demonstrate it. As Joe loves to mention on the show, if you want to know how things are going, open your window and look outside. Well, I look in the mirror and I say, you know what? Things are going pretty good. 
and infinitely better than they were before I met my wife and before I started be acting as a Catholic, as I should have been earlier in my life, okay? Those prayers have been answered. You have to have patience and you have to trust God, okay? So if you're, if you're praying for a certain amount of peace in your family or whatever the case might be, over time, those prayers get answered, okay? I, am, I know that. I know that like I know my own name because I could, I could look at my own life and see how God has answered those prayers. What are your thoughts on that, Kristen? Absolutely. The, uh, it's interesting to hear that in retrospect, it's obvious how the prayers have been answered because that is something I struggle with sometimes is wanting a very clear cut answer. And a priest friend described to me once that uh, when you to help discernment in any way about any particular issue in your life, the presence of the fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit is important to take into account. So if something in your life is continually tumultuous and causing you to go further from God and causing problems and strife, then that is that is something that likely is not from God. And so when you are choosing between two things or between even sometimes two good things, it's important to root that in your in how these things are affecting your soul and not just the externals and um, even sometimes when you're praying for something that's completely out of your control, the the effects of prayer should always be those fruits of the Holy Spirit. So when, and, and a lot of that is just, the answer is going to have to be surrendered to God's will, because sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. And you can, you can get easily caught up in your emotions where you feel that this is, that whatever answer to your prayer is, is causing more trouble in your life. But that's kind of a wake up call to humility and to give over to God's will and trust that it will all work out in the end. And sometimes we might not even know that until after we've died, because God will perhaps be leading us away from something that would have caused our eternal death. And that's more important than anything that can happen here in this realm, no matter how it looks. So you have to trust that he obviously has your best interests in heart at heart and that it's not about this life, but the next. So sometimes these fruits of our answered prayers won't be obvious until we see how they've acted upon our souls and the souls of others in heaven. Because on earth, something that looks horrible and painful is actually beautiful in heaven, as we know. So the... I I'm rem I'm reminded that 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 that's why I didn't hit the 1.2 billion dollar lottery recently. Yes. <laughs> that's why God said no to that one for, for the exact reason you said. God's not giving me 1.2 billion dollars. He's like, mm -hmm. uh -uh, I want you in heaven, son. You're not right. getting that kind of money. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not joking about that. Sometimes what we think is going to be good, um, obviously God knows a little bit better. So um, thank you for that, Kristen Van Uden, Joe Resinello. What have the saints taught about the rosary? I mean, obviously, we're talking about it, and we're big uh, proponents of it. But I know a lot of saints have uh, basically said the same things we're saying. And frankly, we should listen to them. I mean, it's good to listen to us three, too. But we got to listen to the saints. They're our model. What did they say, Kristen? So I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a saint before the revolution of the rosary to St. Dominic, who was not devoted to the rosary, because it is so powerful, because Our Lady does demand that we say it. And I've got a couple of interesting quotes here from some of the saints and some um, who are not yet saints. So here we have from Pope Leo Thirteenth: The rosary is the most excellent form of prayer and the most efficacious means of attaining eternal life. It is the remedy for all our evils, the root of all our blessings. There is no more excellent way of praying. So wonderful endorsement there. Pretty, pretty strong statement there, <laughs> I think. Um, our favorite of the show, St. Padre Pio, says the rosary is the weapon for these times. 
bringing it again, obvious, making obvious the nature of the spiritual warfare that we find ourselves in just by virtue of being alive. And here's the one that you alluded to before, Joe, um, Bishop Hugh Doyle, it turns out. No one can live continually in sin and continue to say the rosary. Either they will give up sin or they will give up the rosary. So just makes it so obviously clear. The choice is between heaven and hell, between prayer and sin, between the rosary and not the rosary. Do you find, do you find, um, I am against the world. I am. I, I know that because I could demonstrate it with the way I lived my life from the time I was 20 or late teens to the time I was in my, my late 30s when I met, when I met my wife, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm powerless against this. And I'm not saying that in a sense, with any sort of sense of like false humility. I am powerless against the things that they tempt us with. The only reason I'm able to fight it off is because of the grace of the rosary. Now, the grace of the sacraments, let's be clear, okay? Go into confession, go into Eucharist. But without the rosary, without the, without the daily prayer of some kind, whether I can get to the rosary that day or most days and making sure I pray, making sure I say all day long, Jesus, help me, Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. That's a prayer too. His name is a prayer. Just say Jesus. Um, I am powerless. How important humility, um, Kristen? I'm curious for your thoughts on that. It's very central and it's the beautiful paradox of God making the small great, like Jesus being born in a manger, even the fact that this small, quiet prayer has such great power in the spiritual realm and in the temporal realm is just a testament to the fact that armies cannot move mountains the way that a small prayer said with the intent to do God's will. Right. Right. I mean, that, like I said, that's that's my experience, you know, um, just to, to, to acknowledge. I think it would behoove us as Catholics in particular to acknowledge we can't do this on our own i mean that's that's central to everything we need to be humble we need like we said earlier get on your knees pray joe Rossinello, we have a few minutes left well i want to talk about uh fixing the culture i mean we all want to fix the culture um we see it going on in you know the pundits on tv but ultimately the culture comes down to a unit and it's the family if we fix the family We'll fix the culture. And how do we fix the family? We have to bring God into the family. And what better way to pray a family rosary? Patrick Payton, who's a servant of God, he was the rosary priest. Um, he used to organize a lot of rosary crusades, used to say that the family that prays together stays together. I, uh, My wife and I have done a number of talks at pre-Cana. It's the you know process before Catholics get married. And that's one of the things that I have stressed. Um, again, making an investment in your marriage. Um, if everyone, you know, people all want to have a good marriage. Well, that takes work. You don't, because if, if it, if you did, then everyone would have that and not everyone does. Praying the rosary with your spouse is an investment in your marriage, and it will strengthen it. And if you have a strong marriage, you will have you'll raise your children in a not no one raises them perfectly, but you'll raise them in a good way. Talk about that, Kristen. Kristen, we have about two minutes left. I want to make one quick comment on that. Remember, for all of you out there, and Kristen, I'm not sure if you know this. The divorce rate amongst Catholics in America is as high as every other group. Okay, it doesn't matter. The divorce rate amongst faithful practicing Catholics is at about three to four percent. Okay, so I wanted to throw that in, Kristen. We have about a minute and a half or so. So your comments on on strengthening the family through the power of the Rosary. 
Yeah. So of course the family is the building block of society and the plague of divorce today is really uh, an extension of the plague of subjectivism where the second that you're unhappy, then you think, oh, time to throw it all away. This throwaway culture of being based on the self, the solipsistic obsession with emotions and pleasure and instant gratification. So the humility that comes from praying the rosary, as you mentioned earlier, makes it obvious to you this is not about your happiness from moment to moment and that happiness is elusive when you seek it for its own ends you won't find it but when you seek sanctity that's when happiness comes and that's when true joy that's rooted in your soul's deepest desire which is unity with god can come so it's the greatest gift that you can give to your family the rosary has also been known to gain miraculous conversions for family members who may have fallen away but for the nuclear family especially with children it's important to ground them in the mysteries of salvation as illustrated in the rosary and the power of this prayer itself and like we've said earlier even if all you can do is get people to get your kids to just say the responses slowly or like you know not doing it perfectly it's whatever the message of this book and from everybody today is just do it and the graces will come either now or after but you know that god will provide them to you and and remember that's not nike's way of to say just do it that's <laughs> frontline with joe and joe catholic church saints Kristen van newton sophia institute press just do it that doesn't mean do anything you want it means pray the rosary just do it Kristen van newton uh where can people buy the book where can people find out more about sophia institute press Available at our website, sophiainstitute.com, and you can follow us on social media, very active on Facebook and Instagram, Sophia Institute. Awesome. Kristen Van Newton, as always, pleasure to have you on the show. So thanks for coming back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thanks so much, guys. All right. And thank you all out there for joining us here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app. Share it with your friends. We're in EWTN. So you get a lot of programming from EWTN and Bishop Caggiano and Restless and Frontline with Joe. And we ask you to do that. And please follow Joe and I at The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. Please do all that fun stuff. And as always, keep us in your prayers. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.